Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. What a week. What a week. I hope you saw the announcement on Instagram yesterday, but since we're less than a week out from the That Sounds Fun tour, we got to announce who our special guests are. You can pop over to my Instagram to see who will be at each stop. I cannot believe that we're going to get to see all of these friends in your cities coming up for the rest of the month. So be sure to go to AnnieFDowns.com to get your tickets for for this tour. You do not want to miss it. Well, it's one of my favorite times of year here at That Sounds Fun. We are in a special series called Ennea Summer 2021. The Enneagram is a personality typing system and a tool we love around here because of how it helps us know ourselves better and love our people better. It's just a tool, one of many that can help with personal growth, but one that we find really interesting and helpful. So if you haven't listened to Ennea Summer before, we're going to spend the next few weeks hearing from a male and a female who identify as each type. These are my friends or friends of friends who are just normal people who have found the Enneagram helpful for understanding themselves better. Of course, they don't represent everything about their number, nor do they represent every person who identifies as their number, but I think they all will do a beautiful job telling us about themselves and giving us an invitation into their lives. This is our third summer talking about the Enneagram, but we're doing something a little different during Ennea Summer 2021. We're focusing in on where each type goes in stress and where they go in security. We did an intro episode with my friend Haley Watkins, who's an Enneagram coach on Monday. So if you missed that, be sure to go back and listen because Haley provided such a great overview and some really helpful and important insights for us about stress and security. Today on the show, we have our Enneagram 8s, also known as the challengers or protectors. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and then we're going to hear some thoughts about 8s from one of our favorite Enneagram experts, Suzanne Stabile. And after that, Matt and Allie will give us their responses and share more about how they experience the world as eights. So here's my conversation with our Enia Summer 2021 Type Eights, Allie and Matt. Let's start by, will y'all just introduce yourselves, Allie? We'll start with you. Okay. And we'll st- we're doing just first names. Okay. Who you are, where you're from, your age if you want to, your status of marriage and kids if you want to, okay. and what you do. My name is Allie, and I moved to Nashville from New Jersey about eight years ago, and I'm a hairdresser, and I own a salon called The Dry House in Green Hills for the last eight years, and I just got engaged. Yeah. So that's my marital status. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. He's awesome. He is great. He said, tell Annie I said hi. Oh, I just like him so yeah. much. He's the best. He's great. Good. Okay, Matt, who are you? Yeah, my name's Matt. Um, I have a couple jobs. My primary job is I'm the executive director of a church here in Nashville called Crosspoint Church. Yes. <laughs> um, my wife and I have several real estate investments. We've been doing that on the side for about seven years, and it's been like a ton of fun to kind of grow like the entrepreneurial spirit in me. Yeah, we've got two wonderful kids, um, Audrey and Lainey. They're eight and 11, and man, no one ever told me how challenging <laughs> parenting would be. Yeah. But man, we're, we're in it, you know. Yeah. But yeah, life's great. My wife, Ashley, works for the the company. She's a company woman. <laughs> yeah. And um, right. yeah, we're excited to be here. Thanks. Everyone knows Ashley here. I love being with eights, so this is very fun. Will y'all kind of start, I don't care who goes first, but will y'all kind of talk about your Enneagram journey and when you thought it was like something you'd even care about? Because I know y'all don't, everybody doesn't feel the same about the Enneagram. Yeah. And how you knew eight was the number you identified with the most? I feel like for me, I really like to know about myself. So if there's going to be something that's going to characterize me with other people that I'll be able to understand better reasons why I do things or the way I think. That, so that was exciting for me a couple years ago when everyone, I mean, I feel like it took the the country by storm. Like you couldn't go anywhere without everyone being like, what's your number? What's your wing? And I was like, I have no idea what's going on. But I ended up get, receiving a book um, from Kelly Haywood. Yeah. And it's called The Road Back to You. Yep, that's exactly right. And when I read the eight, the one thing that I identified the most with was that story about the little girl who didn't think she needed to take a nap. And she'd rather grade tests. And at four years old, she asked to have a meeting with her principal. And, like, that was just definitely something that I would have done. Yeah. So that's exactly I was like, wow, that's crazy. Other people are just as crazy as I am. Okay. Yeah. So when you dug into it, it just kept feeling true. Almost embarrassingly true. You know, wow. there was, like, some definite shame where I'm like, oh, no, people are going to know that this is what I do, you know? Yeah. But it was awesome, yeah. And yeah. I've been uh, really happy ever since knowing that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think self-discovery is important. I think any leader needs to know 
their motivations and their concerns and all that stuff. And I think Ashley started doing the work early and she brought me a book and said, take this test. And I didn't like any of the numbers. Like, no, this test is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually on a fishing trip to Montana and one of the leaders there is kind of like a highfalutin leader. He's like, man, I just, I just did this self-work and, um, it's the first time I ever knew that I could be who I was, but there was a healthier version of it. I didn't need to change wow, my personality, yeah. but there was a healthier version of that. And it's this tool called the Enneagram. And so it was kind of the combination of Ashley's work she was doing, the test she made me look at, and then this conversation with this leader. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll look at it. And then the first book I think I read was also a road back to you. Yeah. And and I don't mind being just a touch vulnerable in this. When I read the eight chapters, like, oh, that's emotional. Like, yeah, this, this connects. That's deep. Yeah. Nothing else really like, you know, like – made your heart beat fast. And that was like, oh, yeah. crap. And it's not like a, I'm so happy, emotional. It's <laughs> yeah. like, God, really? This is me? Okay. Yeah. Even the childhood for me was really interesting. Like having, like, I think one part talks about having to grow up so much quicker because no one really believed you when you were talking. You know, mm. people just identified, I think for me anyway, I don't know about mm. you, like like that we were kids. They didn't hear us as like, no, we have a strong opinion and and it's actually important. So I felt like the better half of my childhood, I spent like screaming and repeating myself because I really wanted people to listen and hear me and understand where I was coming from. And you know, it's just, that was wild for me, that childhood part. And you're both entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you think that's a a natural eight? Do you know a lot of eights who are in leadership? Yeah, I think it works out that way. Not all the time, obviously. Mm -hmm. I think there's some tendencies and motivations that help. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I think, well, when you're a hairdresser, you kind of are your own business to, to begin with. Yeah. Um, but I never expected myself to own a business. Really? It wasn't, I didn't feel like it was supernatural for me. Three. And now I have three. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't feel like it was supernatural for me. Oh. I'm not like a great boss. I don't really like to have to tell people what to do. I just want them to kind of know uh-huh. to do it. Uh-huh. We can talk about that later. I, I have a theory on that. Ooh, I would Say love it. to hear you it. Have to wait. Yeah, tell well, me. Well, I struggle with this as well. Like, because eights have what I think is just instinct and intuition, and that's actually a superpower. I assume everybody else has those instincts and intuitions. Exactly. So it's like, wait, I have to explain this to you? You don't naturally know that this is how this works? Yes. Okay, let me stop and explain to you how I knew this before I ever read it or discovered it. I just instinctively kind of know things. Same. And, it, and it's weird that other people don't know those same things. I agree. And that's been the hardest thing about being a boss because then I didn't start super young being a boss. It kind of was as I got older. So in the last eight years, I'd say like the growth with the Enneagram definitely helping me and understanding that like, hey, if we make up say 2% of the population or I forget what the number is, like everybody else thinks it a little bit differently. So maybe it's me that needs to like readjust sure. instead of trying to make the, you know, the 89 or 90% see my side, maybe I need to start seeing their side just a little bit more. Well, and, and I'll say, you know, it's, it's difficult because I love um, the way the road back to you talks about it. It's like the personality, whatever type it is, is a cast over a wound, right? Mm. And so I even think about that in layers of intensity is like maybe the deeper the wound, the bigger the cast and also the timing of the wound and how that affects how intense yeah. maybe the Enneagram number might manifest itself. Yeah. So I actually don't really consider myself like a super intense eight. I know those people and they're freaking awesome. I love them. But I feel like I'm a dialed back eight, mm-hmm. and it probably has to, like to do with timing of those wounds mm-hmm. and maybe um, maybe depth of those wounds. Yeah, I, th- I think I just made that up. Though. Do you think know. I'm an intense eight? No, I don't think either of y'all. I think you both have intense times, but I wouldn't put either of y'all as huh. like. But you are, Allie. In my life, you are more direct than Matt is. Okay. Do you think that could be female male? I think I think because you and I connect so much on being leaders of companies okay. and our friendship from the start has been we both know that we're all in and here we go and let's tell us everything. <laughs> I think that may be it too. Okay. Maybe. And I like I to know. hear it. I wanted to hear when he said intense eights, I was like, I wonder what I'm perceived as. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so speaking of road back to you, yeah. Suzanne Stabile mm-hmm. described eights to us. So I want y'all to hear how Suzanne, who co-wrote, described eights. Eights are the most aggressive number on the Enneagram, and they have the most energy of all numbers on the Enneagram. And so that puts them in a position to be uh, leaders by default. Eights find themselves in leadership positions that they didn't necessarily seek Mm. because they have all the qualities for being in charge. And they like to lead, and they like to have people willing to line up behind them. Mm. There is a misunderstanding that eights um, want to be in charge of you. 
That is not true. Mm-hmm. What is true is that eights don't want you to be in charge of them. Mm-hmm. And that's a very subtle difference, but it changes everything in terms of how we understand eights on the Enneagram. And even in the West, and certainly in other parts of the world, there is a different um, acceptance for male eights than for female eights. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of space for male eights who pop up and say, I have the answer, and you just get and follow me, and we'll get this done. And they're smart and quick, and they solve problems before they happen, and it's all good in a man. Mm. But you put those same qualities in a female, and literally, our oldest daughter is 42 now, and she's an eight, but she, she was called a for all of middle school and high school and beyond, and still is sometimes. Mm. And now my daughters who are both in education tell me that that label comes much younger for little girls. Oh, wow. And it's because we still live in a way that we appreciate um, strength in men that isn't softened. And we mm-hmm. don't appreciate the same thing in women. Mm-hmm. Eights think fast. They are pressed, which means that they generally do life with thinking and doing and doing and thinking. They're not um, not giving a lot of consideration to feelings, mm-hmm. theirs or anybody else's, because that's messy and they have a job to do. And they are creative. Eights don't generally make friends with people they work with. Huh. They uh, have a very small group of friends, actually. And eights will tell you, when I say eights will only really trust 10 people in a lifetime, most eights say to me, oh, it's not 10, maybe eight. Wow. I only have six. Wow. Uh, that's what they'll say. So um, they are isolated in many ways, and sadly, we really um, love for them to be eights, except when we don't, (laughs) and when they try to step back and live into being less up front, then as soon as something goes wrong, we invite them back to the front, and we ask them to do the very things that we ask them to stop doing. So, hearing Suzanne's to be able to describe eights was, what are y'all's thoughts? I'm leaving. <laughs> can, you, can you drive me home? <laughs> no, no, I think there's just a lot to connect in there, for sure. She obviously knows what she's doing. She's studied this, you know, so she's, she's not wrong on so many of those points. I think the things that I probably connected with the most were her ideas that um, I don't. I don't have to be in charge of you. I just don't want anybody in charge of me. Autonomy is one of my like most like sacred virtues that I try to pursue. It's like I just mm-hmm. need to drive my life at my speed. It actually comes into play when I drive my car. I don't like to go super fast. I like to go faster than most people. But the most important thing to me is that I get to go my speed, not anybody mm-hmm. else's speed. So I think. They, they put the horn on the car for a reason, and I don't think enough people use it. <laughs> and so that's just about self-directing and kind of being in charge of my destiny mm-hmm. in that moment behind the wheel. Of course, there's a million analogies that kind of are downstream of that, but that's absolutely right. I've, I've, I rarely volunteer for leadership roles. If no one else leads, I will 100% grab the reins. Not because I want to. It's just like, okay, this needs to get done. I'll do it. Um, I don't like to volunteer for leadership roles, but kind of like she said, most of the time people say, hey, this problem, we can't solve it. We've tried a couple of different ways. Will you go do this? Yeah, sure. Of course. I'll go do that. Yeah. So those are the things that I kind of, that stuck out and, and connected with me. Yeah. What about you? Um, come for the weekend to New Jersey and let's see if you still like car horns <laughs> <laughs> after that. <laughs> um, for me, what I like to say is like, People are like, oh, we always have to go to where you want to eat on Friday nights. And I'm like, no. But if y'all are going to sit around for 30 minutes and not give an opinion on what you want, I'm going to make the decision because now we're just wasting time. And that's my biggest thing. And people really do perceive it when they look back as, well, we always go where she wants to go. It's like, I'm open for ideas if you want to throw any of them out there. But it doesn't typically happen. Mm -hmm. So that's my kind of one about that. Yeah. I think, does that make you feel pressured? That moment, the 10 minutes before you have to lead. 
where you see that no one else is stepping up or that no one else is making the decision? Maybe the five minutes. Does that feel like pressure right then? Or does it feel like, oh, man, I'm about to have to do this? Yeah. Or, okay, here we go. No, it's like, oh, here we go. Okay. And I think sometimes you're drawn into people's lives. I don't know about you, but I think a lot of people in my life, especially younger when I wasn't smart enough to eliminate people that were like problems for me, it was a lot of weak people that I was surrounded by mm. because they needed me to make decisions. And, and that's when I do – because I find myself to be a healthy eight, so I feel like I live in two a lot. And two is like helping everybody. And so I ended up like – um, like emptying my cup and like never refilling it, which then makes me feel unhealthy. It, it's a, it was a weird cycle for me. But yeah. yes, at that moment, you're like, oh, this is why I'm brought here. They need someone who's going to like tell them like a dress looks good, a dress doesn't look good, or their hairstyle, they want to know. And sometimes it's you just want to break from it. Yeah. I do anyway. I don't know how you feel about that, Matt. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of retreating that goes on. No, I, Annie, I don't know that I feel pressure in those moments. It probably depends on who um, is affected by those leadership decisions. Obviously, mm-hmm. if it's that inner circle, if it's that eight or that 10, then their perception of me matters that I don't come across too aggressive. But um, if, if it's kind of somebody outside that circle, I take into consideration their opinions to a much lesser degree. So it doesn't feel like pressure. It's like, no, let's just get this done. Like this is, this is, feels like a task. If it wasn't important, someone wouldn't have asked me to do it. So let's just get it, you know, let's get it over with. Let's get it going. Did that, I trust eight or six people in my whole life, ring true? Absolutely. Yeah. I know a ton of people, but trust. Does it change over seasons? Is there always six in the pile, but sometimes they switch? Uh, for, no. for me, it's Y'all fewer. No. Yeah, um, it's fewer than six. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. very few people know what is really rolling around up here. Yeah, uh-huh. me too. Very few people. I would agree with that statement too. And people that think they're really close to me, I think we have a way of making people feel like mm. that they're close to us. Yeah. But to us, we just feel like they're acquaintances, which is kind of a horrible way to look at it. But right. when I look back at really the people that know what's going on in my brain, I like I journal a lot, so it's like I know what's kind of going on. <laughs> so I'm one of those people. Oh my gosh, you're one of the people you trust. Yeah, I think that's, that's a, I think that's a big deal yeah. for, I do for, too. for yeah. me anyway, because that's because like again going back to like say childhood where you didn't feel like you could trust anybody. I learned to to only trust myself because that would have been a very wow. big problem if not. And so and then I think there's only a couple people. Matt, do you trust yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think for people that may not understand, what's behind that is for us. One of the biggest fears is being taken advantage of or being betrayed. Yeah. Yes. So if you know stuff about me. You, you might use that against me. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. I'm not going to let you know anything about me. Yeah. So, so you can't take advantage of that. Yes. And it's wow. it's it's not healthy. No. But it's just it's just how it is. And vulnerable. Like we don't like being vulnerable yeah, very right. very often. And with the people we trust, I don't know how Matt feels, but I can be vulnerable with these people because they have made it feel safe enough to where you could come back from that, and then I could still put on that like, you know, that tough boss exterior. I have to pick my moments for vulnerability. It's not constant. It's like, I'm going to maybe once or twice a year, let you know what's going on. And outside that, if you want to know, you can ask me, but I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to volunteer those emotions. All right. Is your, Allie, is your stance, if I tell them they'll probably betray me or is your stance, if I tell them they could betray me, or if I tell them there's a chance, how, how severe is the likelihood of being betrayed? I think that younger, especially during your hormonal years, it was worse, and I probably thought that everyone was out to uh-huh. to do it. Now I guess I would say, well, therapy and life changes and timing, like we had just said, I think it's more like, okay, maybe some of this is just in your head. Hmm. These people love you. They're here for you. They're not going to. But I still then give a little just to see. I won't give all, if that makes sense. Oh, you'll test. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I test all. Uh, That is like, I don't know if you're that way. I'm a big, I feel like I'm, this can sound really bad, not smarter than most people, but I feel like mentally, like with the intuition and everything, I can read a room faster than many people. Well, you are very fast. I mean, it is a, Mm -hmm. your brains work very fast. Crazy. Yeah. And so for me, I like, I don't test people in a way that it's like to set them up for failure. I'm curious how they're going to react to things. I love to know Mm -hmm. people's reactions or like what sets them off or like what makes them happy. I like to sense. split a room when I walk in. Yeah. What does that Say mean? something inappropriate just to kind of know, like, who's on your team and <laughs> Dude, who's not. Dude, our guy last year <laughs> said the same thing. And it's not every room I walk into, but it's oh. like, I just want to know who who's on my team in here. Yeah. You know? Or yeah. what they're made of. Like, what, sure. they're, what they're made what of. What they're made of. Yeah. I like being around I strong people. So and I think you, you probably feel the same way. Man, I, I don't – maybe. I have to think about that one. Yeah. Because I've had people in the past that um, – 
like my mental acuity, my quickness goes away around a couple of stronger people in my past. I'm like, God, why, I'm mush mouth right now. Why can't I communicate? And and I don't I don't know. So may, maybe I'll have to think about that one. And when I say strong, I mean people that are like, for me, strong, like, I don't know why I mix the two, but intelligence. I like being around intelligent people. Mm-hmm. I have a very big problem with my version of stupidity. Mm-hmm. Like a really bad, like it, it's hard for me to stay and even want to be around someone like that. I don't. It's probably terrible, but I don't no, know. No, I mean, Suzanne said of the feeling triad, the thinking triad, and no the yeah, there's no feelings. Mm-mm. And the action, I think it's action, doing, yeah, doing it. And and eights go, do, think, do, think, do, think. I mean, that is kind of your thing, which is how I think y'all work so fast and make such fast, good decisions. Mm-hmm. But there was one thing that she also said. She talked about like how you feel like when you live in a two or, and, and, or she was talking about something along the lines, and because I wrote it down uh-huh. but like I like when I am healthy and I'm not making all these decisions people do sometimes think something's wrong are you okay today I hear a lot I don't know if you get that like if you're not like if I don't have the anxiety and the go 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 and I'm just feeling really good people think something's wrong huh if you're not like driving the train fast yes or being super aggressive that yeah. day or any any of those things I, I hear constantly like are you okay today are you okay today it's like I feel like we constantly have to be on or we're do people do that to, to male aides I don't know I don't think so I was actually yeah. going to ask you know about this section where she talked about just the cultural acceptance of, of strong women because Annie you, you have an eight wing is oh, that right yes yeah. I mean some days I think I'm an eight with a seven wing yeah right I, on. I'm very strong in my eight absolutely yeah. is that is that pretty true for y'all's experience it's hard for the world to take your the fullness of you yes yeah oh one thousand percent yeah i don't know if the 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 bitch ever resonated with me i don't think that's how i was maybe yeah. i lived more in a two or something because i don't think that would be and you're from new jersey yeah i just think it's people just think like i'm aggressive down here yeah and i think you get an excuse down here because people might say it's not that she's that it's that she's from the north oh that's all i hear from the north right right from the north so let me tell you what they're saying <laughs> I know. Go back to the north. Yeah, I get it. No, they are saying go back to the north. They're saying you're more aggressive than we are used to down here in the south. Right. And so, so it's we don't know that. And so that's what they're saying. It's crazy because if I go to New Jersey, I'm like one of the least aggressive people, and then I come to the south, and I'm like one of the most. And it's like there is no there is no place to find like kind of your fit, and especially. People say, like, guys, even with dating, say that they want somebody who is, like, independent and strong. No, they don't. (laughs) They do not. They absolutely do not. Hey, friends, just taking a short break from this conversation with Matt and Allie to give a shout-out to our amazing partners, Native. Sometimes it rains on your birthday, and sometimes the line for coffee wraps around the building, and sometimes Tuesday ain't cute, and sometimes life stinks. The good news is you don't have to stink because Native has your back. Native cares about the products you put on your body. They're about stopping the stink the right way. That's the Native difference. That's why their products are free of aluminum, parabens, and sulfates. Instead, Native uses ingredients we can all understand and pronounce like coconut oil, shea butter, and baking soda. Every product, like their deodorant, is thoughtfully formulated to keep you feeling and smelling fresh. You probably already know about Native's legendary aluminum-free deodorant, but have you tried their body wash or their toothpaste or their brand new mineral-based sunscreen? I know, just in time for summer, Native now has a broad-spectrum SPF 30 sunscreen for your face and body. It's lightweight, absorbs quickly, and you can choose between unscented or coconut and pineapple. Native's on a mission to overhaul your entire hygiene routine by putting the care and self-care with products carefully made to work against odor that are made with simple ingredients and smell great. Their deodorant and body wash come in amazing scents like coconut and vanilla, citrus and herbal musk, lavender and rose, and more. You can even build your own personalized product bundles. Mix and match three of your favorite scents and keep them on rotation so you have something for every occasion. They don't test any products on animals and almost everything is vegan. Native is risk-free to try with free U.S. shipping and free 30-day returns and exchanges for every product. I'm so grateful to have found Native's deodorant and body wash because I love using products that are natural, effective, and smell amazing. Even though it's tough to pick a favorite, I think I love the mint and eucalyptus scent the most. So stay fresh and stay clean with Native by going to nativedeo.com slash that sounds fun 
or use the promo code that sounds fun at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash that sounds fun or use promo code that sounds fun at checkout for 20% off your first order. And now back to our conversation with Allie and Matt. Matt, one one of the questions that I gave y'all some questions to prep with, and y'all both showed up with your iPads (laughs) on the little holder. But I would love to know, there's two questions. Nothing is worse to me than I feel, and nothing is better to me when I feel. Will you answer those? I would love to know those. I hate when I don't feel like I'm getting the whole truth from people, Mm. friends, staff, whatever it is. It makes me really uncomfortable when I don't feel like I have all the information. Interesting. And so I think... When things become a little more gray and nuanced, it's complicated for me. I prefer mm-hmm. things to be kind of yes, no, right, wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what's what stinks is that's not how the world is. That's not what the structure of reality is like, but that's my preference. And so it, it causes me um, some stress and anxiety when I just don't feel like I'm getting all of somebody. It's yes. like if you're holding back, like I don't know that I can really be in a functional relationship with you. Right. So like just to be all of who you are in this moment, let me know the whole truth, the full truth, what's going on. And then I can calculate a response and we can work together. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the problem is I can't give you a full, a good response. I can't make this decision quick if I don't know everything. Yeah. So just tell me everything that we can decide. What was the other question? Nothing is better to you than when you feel what? It, I mean, I, I say this sometimes, like the open lane on the highway with no one in front of me. When I can set my own pace, my own agenda and yeah. go the speed and the distance. Um, one of the complicated things about being an eight leader is this statement that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with people. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, that should be tattooed on my body somewhere because mm. I'll, I'll go fast. I really will. Um, but that's not how organizations work. That's not how relationships work. That's not how family structures work. And so um, my preference, like what feels wide open is just a lane to run as fast and as far as I want to go. Mm-hmm. However, I think the gospel and reality compel me to live differently and that's to slow down and bring people with me on that yeah, journey. That's good. Um, Allie, what about you? Nothing is worse than when you feel and nothing's better than when you feel what? It's so crazy because for me, truth and honesty is a big one too. Yeah. Like yeah. the whole truth. And I can read in a heartbeat if someone's not giving 100%. Yeah. And I'm already then done with the conversation. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it for me because yeah. then I, it's just a waste of more time in my yes. opinion. Yes. And nothing's better to you than when you feel what? Probably understood or heard. Mm. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't know. That could be like when I went back to the childhood thing, like feeling like I constantly was having to prove. But that could also be a female eight compared to a male eight too. Sure. You know, no one ever takes you as serious as you want to be taken. Mm-hmm. Quick, quick example. We don't even have to use this. But when I was um, doing the dry house, I would go out and all these male um, real estate agents were the ones showing me around. They would either do one of two things. They would either question, do I think that it's that it was, that the business was going to be a fad and it was going to you know fall away in two years, which... Why would I put that much money in it if that was the case? Right. And Or they would look at my mom thinking that my parents had given me the money. And it really frustrated me. So I went back and I was like, okay, I have to take this to a man's perspective. And I, like, did, like, a whole Forbes marketing. And then I had to, like, hand this to them. And I'd be like, we'll meet tomorrow. I want you to read this, like, laminated everything. We'll talk tomorrow after you read this. Mm-hmm. And that was really frustrating because it's like they just didn't take you serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Matt, do you ha- – have there been times – where you haven't been taken seriously? Um, seriously is probably not the word I'd put on it, but misunderstood for sure. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes back to the instinct and intuition. Yeah. Like I don't love to sell stuff because I just have a really high get it factor. Like you can say something, I understand it the first time. I know unequivocally what you just said. Like yeah. I know. So when I have to like slow down and explain the features and benefits of something to somebody, it's like, no, hey, this is good. Do you like it? Yes yeah. or no? Get out of here. You know, so it's yeah. – it's, Misunderstood is probably a more appropriate qualifier than than the other, yeah. What do the people you trust, that tiny group, including yourself, what do the people you trust know about how to love you that the rest of us don't? That's good. I actually got this compliment from uh, one of those people recently. I get complimented frequently on, I love how much you know. I'm like, okay, great, thanks. But this person said, hey, I love how much you care. I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm. It's like, yeah, of, of course we care. Yeah. That's just not what we get 
asked into situations for is our care factor. Mm-hmm. We get asked into the situation because we can dissect the problem really fast, come up with a solution that's going to work pretty good. Yeah. But most people misunderstand that like the reason I'm putting my effort and my best ideas and best execution behind this is because my care factor is like through the roof. Wow. But you don't experience that. You experience right. an operationalized version of that. Right. Wow. you, Allie, the people that you trust, the ones that you really love and really love you, what do they know about eights that we don't know? I think that we come across as, for females anyway, I come across really tough because I feel like I have to, but it's not really the case. I'm very like sappy and emotional and you could look at me the wrong way and I could cry. Mm -hmm. And so I think my friends realize that like my communication is not I don't really love talking on the phone or texting. I like being in person. Yes, that's and I, right. And you I, use texting to set up to be in person. Correct. Which I And love. if you notice, I'm like, yes, no. Yeah. May 15th. This Like, yeah. there's no emotions behind any of my texts. So I think my friends realize that, like, it's not how I'm feeling about them because sometimes they'll yeah. think, like, oh, is she upset with me? Yeah. I'm not upset with anybody. Yeah. Basically ever. If yeah. I am, you'll know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll know. Are you, are you having ruminating thoughts around that? Yeah, we're always brooding on some level. Yeah. But no, go ahead. Okay. Let's listen to Suzanne talk about your stress number. Now, I want to tell you all something that she says that you haven't heard her say, is that your stress number is not bad and your security number is not good. They are both good. They both help you. Mm-hmm. And so and so we aren't saying, here's where you are when you're bad and here's where you go when you're good. It's these both help you, but they help you at different times. So let's listen to where eights go in security. It's a very interesting response because when eights feel secure, they go to two. Really? And that means that for a moment in time, they trust that who, whoever they're with, that they're secure enough to go to two, they trust that that person's not going to betray them and that they're in a territory where they can say, I need, I want, I feel, I hope. I'm sad. It doesn't last long, generally. It's too hard for eights to trust other people. Mm-hmm. And um, yet, eights are very tender because of what they get from the time that they're in too. They just don't show it to you. So the fact that we don't see it in eights, we assume that it isn't there, and that's not an accurate assumption. Wow. You know that I'm married to a pastor. I've been teaching Sunday school since before time uh-huh. began. And when I'm teaching a Sunday school class and I tell a, a, a poignant story or something that's tragic that we might try to address or be around, um, it's generally the male eights in the room that are, that are tearing up hmm. or that are the first to come to me after Sunday school to say, what, what do you want me to do? Wow. Wow. It's just that our world doesn't invite that kind of vulnerability from men and women in leadership positions, sadly. Yeah. And eights fill those positions a lot. Yeah. So I think they're the most misunderstood number on the Enneagram. The most misunderstood number on the Enneagram. You better preach. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just a couple of things there. there. I think there's different versions of the two, the, the intensity, the health, the unhealth, the wings, all that stuff. So similar with the eight, there's no like just real specific totally. archetype for that. So when I'm in health and move towards a two, I think it's utilizing the best parts of the eight. It's like, let my strength help you. Let mm. my protection help you. Um, I'm going to use my gifts to help. When I try to help like a two helps, like maybe like how my wife helps, it almost always goes terribly for me. <laughs> like there was this season. And me too, dude. You can ask Jared Morris about this. Every time I like extended myself to help in a really benevolent, like non-typical um, way for me, it 
always bit me in the butt every single time. So it's like, why would I ever want to help somebody? Because this Uh never goes the way that I think it's going to. Now, I'll help you the way that I think you should be helped. (laughs) I'm just not going to help you the way that you want to be helped. Yeah. Yeah. And she talks so much about the care, like you said, that when you feel safest and most secure. Right is when the thing that people know about you is how much you care. But then again, you know, it's it's the gospel that compels us to be different than who maybe our hearts say we are. It's who God says we are. And so that pushes me towards that more often. So it's like you guys both attend Crosspoint. And so we do something every month called the Dollar Club. And so mm-hmm. you better believe like when those stories just resonate and we're truly helping someone that can't help themselves, those are the moments where like, I feel tender and emotional. It's like, oh, we're doing some significant kingdom important work, and this is helpful. I provide leadership in areas around the church that help make those things possible, but I'm not on the shoots. I don't work on the story. So my help extends in more supportive and more structural ways that lead to results like that. Yeah. What do you think, Allie? You said wow a couple of times when she was describing... Yeah, I just think it, it's so true. I think that I think that Matt kind of nailed it. I think that if we if we realize, I think that what we're what our strengths are, and we can utilize them in the two, that makes it a lot easier than trying to become a two. Because mm. I think becoming a two is for me, it, it feels a little overwhelming. It's even though I'll probably do more utilizing my eight gifts in a two. If I were to try to become a two, which I have. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm stressed out. I don't feel like I've done as good as I could have done or provided as much joy as I could have provided. Still being my eight and then utilizing the the healthiness of being then in the two with my eight. Yeah. Okay, let's hear what happens when you are stressed and you go toward a five. They go to five, which is the perfect place for them. They pull back and reassess and reevaluate and rethink their place in things. But, you know, there's two ways to pull back. So um, it's either, you know, I'm going to take a little break and we'll regroup tomorrow. I'd like some time to think. Or it's the attitude of, I'm going to take my marbles and go home. Mm. I'm done. and right. I'm done with you and I'm going home. Right. And either way, they end up um, looking at their role in things, looking at the bigger picture and finding room for other people if they know to do that. Mm. You know, sometimes we expect people to have gone, oh, I should do this, when it would never occur to them. So here's an example. If eights are trying to move a project forward, it would occur to them to go around the room to the leadership team and say, what do you think we should do? And now what do you think we should do? And what do you think we should do? Because they already have a plan. They know it'll work. They know it'll be more efficient, faster, and probably better. Mm -hmm. And so they have to be taught the value of giving up valuable time to hear people out for the sake of hearing them out, Mm -hmm. even if you don't end up going with what they suggest. And this move to five makes that possible. Yeah, I love my numbers. I really do. Do you you love, I mean, I do. I truly, truly love the wings. I think that was what solidified the eight for me was where I go during stress, actually, Mm. which is the five. I definitely overanalyze everything. I have to do it by myself. I'm too hard on myself about situations that have happened when, say, the other person's not even thinking about it as much as I am. Mm -hmm. I also think that she's right about that. I was just saying that, like, my fiance the other day was like, I was like, okay, so here's the plan. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to come home. And this is what's going to happen. And later on that day, we got into a little bit of an argument. And he said, well, did you ever think that maybe you could have just come and, you know, picked me up first so we only had one car? And I'm like, why didn't you just say it? I know I didn't think it. If I had thought it, that is the most efficient way. I would have just done it. But, like, you should, I needed you to give me that suggestion. So it's true. I don't think that we or I don't utilize enough people in the room because I think – and it's not a know-it-all thing, but it can come across as a know-it-all. Mm. Like, I already thought about it. I've got it handled. Right. What about you, Matt? What were your thoughts? Yeah, the, the five is pretty easily accessible for me, and I, I don't. What I don't love you it. What sends you there? What sends you to the five? Um, 
So most of the time in an argument or in a conflicting situation, nine out of 10 times, I immediately know what I want to say and what I want to do. For that one out of 10 times where I'm like, oh, I don't know the answer. She's right. I pull back. And probably half the time it's I'm going to pull back and take my marbles and go home. And the other half is probably like, I'm going to pull back and let me go think about this. And I'm going to come back with an answer that's going to win this situation. Mm. I think the complicated part of going to the five for me is what is really at the end of that road in really unhealthy situations and it's cynicism. And we briefly talked about that a week or two ago. And it's like when I when get cynical. I was cynical, on your podcast. Yeah. Does that mean? Is that when we talked no, about we, it? No, we were in the back hallway at, at church. <gasps> Sorry. Yes, 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 no, yes, yes. that's fine. You're right. Uh, so, yeah, when I think at the end of the road of, of stress for me, I, I know it's gone wrong when I get cynical. And for me, cynicism is saying um, I know the end of this situation before it happens. I know what you're going to do. I know what the situation is going to look like. I know what you're going to say. And I predict the future, and I don't give a chance for grace or for the Lord to work in a situation. I just go ahead and prescribe the future. Mm-hmm. And that's just so unhealthy. But I know when I'm in five and it's not going well um, is when it leads to cynicism. Now, sometimes I go to five and it's, it's okay because I need to research and I need to understand it better. Yeah. I need more information. And so I, I'll do this with my, like my hobbies. Like when I used to be a musician, it was like I'm going to research instruments and pedals and amps and stuff. And yeah. now, now it's golf clubs and things that don't really <laughs> matter that much. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so funny. I think that for – for me, education, like, there's nothing better than it. Like, it's like, kill them with knowledge. If I'm not winning an argument, it's like, I better be the smartest. That's right. But for me, when it comes for, like, where, when I go into it, it's like, so I had this irrational fear of flying, like, when I was in my 20s. So for me, anytime that I would go to fly, I would have to know the size of the aircraft, who the pilots were, like, how much engine, where we were flying over. You, like, would look over into the pilots and be like, here's who they are. Or would you like walk up and be like? I would research before I was getting on the flight. Oh my gosh! Because it would so I had so much anxiety. For yeah. me, it's easier to say like, "Hey, let's we're driving to the airport right now. Let's get on a flight." But if I know I have like three weeks ahead of time, like something about it's anxiety ridden for me, and it's the actual flying. It's not the packing. It's not leaving my animals. It's not anything about that. It's truly the how is this machine getting up in the air? So I'm going to find <laughs> out. I want to know everything about how these wheels work, what happens, and so that's what I do when I'm like super stressed. I'll know every detail. That is so five-ish. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. That's probably my podcast obsession too. Like I, I just want to know everything about everything. Yeah. And there are shortcuts to the answers. There's shortcuts to wisdom. You know, people synthesize a, you know, 15-chapter book into a 30-minute conversation. It's like, I just seen the flyover. Mm-hmm. Now That's I, it. I can compete now because I know. Yeah. And because we, 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 we get it. Like you were saying earlier, like if you sum it up for us, we've gotten the whole picture. We know the whole picture. We don't need to know the details. Unless we ask for a specific detail. Uh-huh. Correct. But you're right. So I'm, I have a huge podcast obsession as well. Really? Yes. Just because our friend Matt just about always has a headphone in listening yeah. to a podcast. He might be right now listening to a podcast <laughs> uh-huh. and we don't know. As we speak. <laughs> no, for me, it's in the car. So whether it's um, like how, how I built this. I don't know if you've heard of that it's podcast. Yeah. It's insane. I love knowing like trials and tribulations from, from everybody in business. So it's interesting. All my friends are like, you know, the crime junkie or like any of that. I that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't do it. You want ones that you actually take away information. Yes. So that it is stored in your body so yes. that when you need it to make a fast decision, it's there. A fast decision or wow. like for me, I didn't go to college. So sometimes when I stand in a room in front of people that are talking and they're, they're talking, they kind of look down on hairdressers that didn't go to college necessarily mm. through the years. I'm not saying anymore, really. So for me, yeah, I, I wish having, they would. I wish they'd come see your three businesses that you can't get an appointment in because they're so on. popular. Let's go. But yeah, so then for me to be intelligent and be able to use my words properly and, and to have that was like my way of, I don't know how you would explain that, my defense kind of or my security blanket or something. Do you ever see your stress number and your security number showing up at the same time? Yes. When I'm helping somebody get on the plane, then I'm afraid it's going to go down. <laughs> yes, I give up my seat for military. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But I'm still on the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. It always has to be one or the other. Yeah. Last summer, um, mostly during COVID, I just assumed, you know what? I'm not an eight anymore. I think I'm just a really healthy five. Mm. Oh. Because I think the like wow. the uncertainty of that season, I just lived in the unhealthy parts of the five so often. Yeah that I knew I still had access to all the eight stuff. I remember having a conversation with someone who's like a professional Enneagram person. I was like, I, I, think, I'm a, I think I'm just a really healthy five. And they just kind of smiled because they, <laughs> like, you're an idiot. Shut up. <laughs> but they did not say but that. Yeah. And so, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you, th- you think about the complications of last year from, 
you know, do I still have a job? Do I need to go create yeah. another source of revenue? What, what are we going to yeah. do about this? Is the world going to get back to normal? And so there was no real practical problem solving I could do outside of my microcosm, right? Wow. So everything was out of my control yeah. last year, and that was not my favorite feeling. Yeah. And I loved it. Did you? I did. I think that I needed, I felt like God was telling me, and I know, I feel like for some reason COVID was all about me, uh-huh. but I feel like God was specifically telling me that I needed to take a break and be out of control, like not be able to control this. Cause this is something that I couldn't research hard enough. I couldn't control. I couldn't, there's nothing I could do. I just, and our business closed and that was really tough, but I think it taught me that, Hey, if it closes, that's okay too. Yeah. You'll readdress and you'll do something else. Like you'll pick yourself up. Wow. But for me, it was definitely a time where I connected with God a lot more. I had that that quiet time like you were saying about how like slow down and like take people with you. I needed to lean on people during COVID that I hadn't felt like I had to. Yeah. Hmm? Wow. For our friends listening that are not eights, <laughs> number one, what does it do to an eight when someone else goes, you're such an eight? I mean. Does it matter? Does it not matter? I, I get pride and also annoyance at the same time, but it's That's like when someone tells me— perfect way to say that. It's like, yeah, of course. What else would you? What else would I be besides that? Right, but almost like I like my whole life people are like, you're loud. I'm like, you don't think I know it? Like, I know it. So I, live with my, I live in myself every day. People are like, oh, my gosh, I bet you're an eight. And it's like, well, you don't have to bet. I would have just told you. Like, I'm an eight. Like, you know? <laughs> you don't have to bet. I would have told you. No, that doesn't bother me. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect, yeah, perfect, perfect, perfectly said. Good. And for people who love eights— what do we need to do? What do we need to do? It's so funny. I think a lot of people, now that the Enneagram has gotten so big, I'll hear people be like, oh, my best friend's an eight. My best friend's an eight. I think having an eight, I think we are so loyal. I think we fight for our friends and we fight for what we believe in, which is typically not for us as much as it is for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that just allowing us to be who we are and asking questions, if you are confused about a part of our personality, we have no problem telling you maybe where it comes from or, or, or talking about that. I think people are very confused by us. But I think we're open books that if you asked, we would just tell you. Okay. You know, for some reason, I just think about um, the Beatitudes when when Jesus says, the, the meek shall inherit the earth. And I think about this scripture a lot when I think about the eight. I'm not a linguistics expert. And I'm definitely not a theologian. Um, but I heard one description that, that um, took that word meek and said, it really, there was, there was a context where it was a wild horse that was tamed for battle. It was a war horse that was under restraint. And I heard another beautiful way that someone said, um, he who keeps his sword sheathed shall inherit the earth. So it means someone mm. who is deadly yeah. and, and really scary, but they're really under control. Those are the types of people that can inherit the earth. Wow. So what, what I'd love people to know about eighth is like, you're probably not experiencing all of who I am right now. Hmm. And if you did, you might not be able to take it. Wow. So bear with me. I'm trying to keep the sword sheathed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to be under restraint and under control so that when things, when crap just hits the fan, when you need us, all of us can show up on those really crappy situations. Yeah. And we do. You do. Oh, yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, I love you so much, but also you're like, when you experience me, you're not getting the full me. But when I experience you, I better get the full you. <laughs> so That's right. It's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. But I totally get it. I mean, and I I deeply value the eights in my life, including yeah. both of you. Yeah. Significantly value you both. Is there anything we didn't say about eights that you want to make sure we cover? I was curious about Matt. What do you, what is your wing? Nine. Wow. I wish it was a seven. Which is Mine's so complicated. Eight wing nines are really complicated. Yeah. yeah. I, I want it like for you. the other day, you know, you, you have access to both. And I feel like you have access to all the numbers. The more yeah. integrated you become. Totally. You know, That's right. It was like Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. I was like, hey, Ashley, call up our seven friends. Not like the number. Yeah, the friends yeah, yeah. we have is seven, but our friends who are sevens. See if they want to come to dinner. <laughs> it was like the most like seven wing uh, moment I ever well had. Done. And she said no. Which, <laughs> which was, was great. Love a seven. And so you wing, you're an eight wing seven. Hard. Okay. Yeah. Hard, hard, yeah, hard. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm, thank you for asking that. I'm sure a lot of people 
listening like to know. And just a reminder for our friends listening, you wing, the wings are numbers on either side of you. And Suzanne would teach, and a lot of teachers say, you kind of lean on one the first half of your life and another the second half of your life. Mm. So you do experience both. And you're right, Matt, that the healthier we get, the more we encompass all the types because Jesus is the perfect image of God and was a human and he was all nine. We yeah. see all nine. In yeah, him. I was going to say, I think he was a nine. Yeah, do you, like, oh, you think he was like, a nine? he was a chameleon. <laughs> he, could be, he picked up on all parts of yeah. all of it. Yeah, That's how I, I think feel so. about that. Matt, is there anything we didn't say about H you want to make sure everybody knows? A, never type anybody because that's just, yes. it's, it's not helpful, right? Good. So if you have questions, ask. Like she said, yeah. this, like with the eights in your life, they're going to be honest with you or they'll be direct with you yes. about those questions. Um, and yeah, don't, I, I I want to say don't take the strength for granted, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I don't really care if anybody takes the strength for granted, so maybe uh-huh. that's not really helpful. No, I think you could probably strike the whole thing and just say, no, I think we covered everything. <laughs> no, we're keeping it. I think that's I like, good. We'll strike it if you want to. I like the one question that you asked that, what do you think that, what did we need to hear God say to us? Yeah. What did you need, what do you need to hear God say to you? Probably the, the, the reminder of grace and patience for me, for sure. Yeah. The patient part, because I think you touched on that a little bit about how we just go, go, yeah. like it's so fast we don't think about slowing down. Yeah. I'm reading that John Elridge book right now, Walk oh, With yeah. um, Walk with Me. No. Uh, no, the, oh gosh, what is, the one about walking with God? The yeah, one about with, hearing yes. God? Yeah. And the first part was Taylor about, Dickerson gave that to you? No, Lauren oh. Aikens gave Lauren it to Lauren Aikens did, okay, okay, of course. We're Lauren reading it Aikens together. Did, yeah. But um, the, it was funny because even like the first page, I didn't feel like I needed to read 30 pages. I needed to read that first page over and over again. And mm-hmm. it was just talking about how the first day of his vacation, it was raining. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's how I felt about COVID. Like God was trying yeah. to tell you, like, just you need to chill out. You don't need to go yeah. fishing. You don't need to go do s'mores right now. You need to just sit and listen and be. Yeah. And that's what I think God would probably tell me. What What was your answer to that question, Matt? What yeah, I think— this is maybe not science, so don't no. take this to the bank, but I think people think the wound that causes the eight personality type is betrayal, and I think that's there. But for me personally, it's probably more like getting taken advantage of is the mm-hmm. thing I'm really afraid of. Mm-hmm. And so what what is helpful to hear from the Lord is that like, hey, the stories in your head of being taken advantage of or the stories in your head of betrayal, those aren't written all the way. Will you just let me get to the end of that story wow. so I can redeem it, which wow. is probably something that helps me. Yeah, That's really good. One of my favorite lines from Corey Asbury, if the story, the story isn't finished, if the story isn't good. There you go. That's true. That's right. I keep Mm -hmm. that, I keep that line very close to myself. Okay. Y'all, y'all are great eights. Thank you for doing this. I know you're just two representations of a lot of people. Oh, yeah. But your two stories are really helpful. I feel like I learned a lot today, so I'm grateful. The last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. I'm going to let you go first. Okay. This is not hard at all. It would be a phone call from Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, and Justin Thomas saying, we have an opening for a fourth at Pine Valley, Augusta National, or Pebble Beach. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Tiger is not available currently, right? He's going to get there. He is. He's, got, he's just got one cast left on his leg. So, But if that sounds fun to you. Well, he could caddy. Okay. <laughs> Still be there. Okay, he can caddy for you. Great. Good answer. Uh, Allie, what sounds fun to you? Um, swimming in a lake in Italy. Wow. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm ready for summer, maybe. Yeah. And Italy. And it, Oh, I'm for sure I, ready for I'm Italy. Always ready but for Italy. But definitely just floating okay. somewhere in a lake. Great. Great answers, both of you. Well done. Um, y'all, thank you for doing this. Thank you. I'm really grateful. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're grateful. Oh, you guys, aren't they awesome? Uh, excellent eights. Both of them are absolutely excellent eights. So be sure to follow along through the rest of Any Summer 2021 so you get to hear about each of the nine types. And if you want to hear more about eights, go back to our 2019 and our 2020 shows from Any Summer. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF. Like, that sounds fun on YouTube. And I think that's it for me today, friends. What a week, what a week. So now it's time for you to go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you back here on Monday for my conversation with our NES Summer 2021 Type 9s.